It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Joe Burrow in the Bengals, they'll look to get right next Sunday against the Eagles. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. While the rest of the NFL played on Sunday, we got to sit and stew in our thoughts and reflect on the Thursday night game. I got to watch some tape. Auden Tate's agent got to make a trade demand. Well, not really. We're going to get started with that news and some of those takeaways, and then we're joined by Zim. Zim Hude on Twitter, on Instagram, the content creator, the Bengals fan, talk about where he's at with the football season, and that was a very fun conversation, so stick around for that. We have something really exciting to tell you about today. Our friends at Nyko Sports have an amazing football commemorating Joe Burrow, the Bengals' new franchise quarterback, and it's a limited edition product. Only 2020 were made. Joe Burrow, the number one draft pick by the Bengals, selling like crazy. James, tell them about what's on the ball. It's awesome, Jake, because it's got Joe Burrow on one side. It's got the Bengals helmet. It's got a high-definite image of Paul Brown Stadium. It's a full-size ball, and you can get it for only $99. You have to call 1-800-345-2868 right away. They are selling like crazy right now. That number is 1-800-345-2868. You can also order online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And make sure to mention the Locked On Bengals podcast. So while everyone's thinking about that sweet collective football, James, let's dive in and start talking about this Auden Tate agent comment that really came out of nowhere after the game last week. James, what do we make of this really out of left field stuff from Auden Tate's agent saying, you know what, if they're not going to activate him, I bet you there's some other teams that would really like his skill set. I mean, we're talking about a seventh round pick here. And yes, Auden Tate is clearly talented. He clearly belongs in the NFL. Maybe he should have been active instead of Alex Erickson. You can, you can accept all those arguments, but after a week two inactive, we're going public with the threat of a trade demand. What, what's going on here? It's ridiculous. It's completely 100% absolutely insane and ridiculous. Look, I wouldn't have been mad at Auden Tate if he took his helmet and slammed it against the wall when he found out he was inactive or if he would have, you know, t- taken a Gatorade and thrown it or, you know, whatever, because he should be mad. He should be upset. And I don't want to take away from that because he was, he was expecting to be active. And I understand it. Um, but this idea 
And I've seen so many fans say he should one out. Yeah, I'm take the player side, bro. You're Auden Tate. You're a seventh round pick that was cut as a rookie. You had four receptions as a rookie. And last year, yeah, you had some good plays and you had 40 catches. You had one touchdown. But this idea that you're above being inactive, I would have much rather him take, Jake, the the Tyler Boyd route. If you remember Tyler Boyd in year two, he's a healthy scratch. Healthy scratch as a, a, a second year player and you didn't hear chirping. I guarantee you he was pissed off and mad and angry. But you didn't hear anything. Nothing from his agent, nothing. And instead, he turned into a thousand yard receiver the very next year. Auden Tate was never going to be a thousand yard receiver in this offense. He was never going to be the go to guy. It's that's just the reality of it. Should he be active? Yes. Do I feel for him and understand why he's angry? Yes. Do I think it's completely ridiculous that a player like Auden Tate is having his, and, and maybe this is his agent going rogue, but either way, his agent talking publicly about this after one healthy scratch, one week on a short week, after, by the way, he didn't even get a target in week one. I, I think you got to give it more time. I think it's ridiculous that he he came out with this publicly because now it's an issue and now I'm going to ask Zach Taylor about it this week and now you know other receivers are going to have to be asked about it and it becomes a topic that didn't need to become a topic publicly yeah that's that's really the long and short of it and and it kind of feeds into this idea or it's fed by this idea that the Bengals receivers were not getting very open on Thursday night against the Browns next gen stats does average separation and most of these Bengals super talented receivers that we've been talking about all offseason, these very dangerous weapons that rank amongst the best in the league, weren't getting separation on Thursday, according to Next Gen Stats. And A.J. Green goes out there, catches only three of his 13 targets. Yeah, he had his hand held down on what should have been a touchdown catch in garbage time. But it does certainly stoke the fires of, well, why, why don't you get on Tate? At? Well, it's not like on Tate is going to get any more separation, guys. That's not the skill set there. And, and so maybe the Bengals have a little bit too much of that on the team right now. And if they need to get another position active, we talked about this in the offseason. It's going to be hard to get seven wide receivers active. I'm shocked they did it in week one. It's going to be hard to do it every week with the way that matchups dictate who the Bengals want to have active and who they want to use in each package. And absolutely, I think that that skill set works and that fits. And there's there's got to be some kind of way to get him involved, especially now with C.J. Uzama going down. You would assume that, you know, having a guy like Tate, a big bodied receiver that does appear to have good rapport with Burrow is in there, um, you know, and, and is getting some reps. But he was never going to be this star. Like, that's the thing. I, I think people think, that Auden Tate is going to be this 80 reception or 60 reception guy with a bunch of touchdowns in the red zone. And I just don't know if that's it. He's a compliment. He's a compliment to the rest of these guys. And it's funny, Jake, we got crushed for saying a T Higgins could potentially be inactive a couple of weeks ago. Well, it turns out it was either one or the other Tate or Higgins. And, and we saw the scenario potentially playing out. We got it wrong with the wrong big bodied receiver, but it happened. It was one week. Rebound, recover, practice harder, and show you deserve to be in there next time. And, and I, I think that that's what I would have wanted to see here. Coming up next, we're joined by Zim Hude, one of the hosts of the Orange is the New Black Bengals podcast. They just interviewed AJ Green. So stick around for a really fun conversation there. Today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat 
of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us in our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So it's time for us to return the favor. Next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. We're now joined by Zim who you probably know on Twitter at Zim Hude or from Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. I guess they don't do ats on Instagram, do they, Zim? I don't think so. It is. No, you can at. What do you mean? Well, like on Twitter, your handle is at something. On Instagram, it's just Zim underscore Hude. There's no at in front of it, right? Well, you got to at someone to get their attention. Okay. So they're still at. So so go on to Instagram and at Zim underscore who day if you want zim's attention so zim joining <laughs> james and i on the lockdown bengals podcast today zim i want to give you an opportunity to tell the people a little bit about what you do because you create some fantastic content i know that you have a huge following on instagram you just did an amazing interview with aj green with your co-host ace tell the people a little bit about how you got into the bengals how long you've been doing content a little bit about yourself appreciate the kind words I, I love you guys i've always been a fan of this show i've never missed an episode i just want to get that out the way this is my favorite go-to podcast so i'm very very elated and i'm very very happy and i'm very appreciative that you took the time out to talk to me because like you said this is something that i've started uh probably a couple years ago i used to call james up when he was working with espn and just wait for hours on the phone just wait. And they would never take my call. And I said, you know what? That's going to make me a better Bengals fan. But uh, when I was young. I took your call. I took your call. Get he out took here. two out of 10. So it's, it's kind of like targets <laughs> or something like that. I, I caught two of them and I actually got to talk. And then I got to tell my friends like, hey, did y'all hear me? And they were like, no, we never heard you. And I blame that on James. But aside from that, before when I was younger, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, but I had ties to Cincinnati. So I have a family member that used to play for the Bengals. So I'm going to bring that out at the, at the proper time. Like when we when we were in a ring, that's that's one of the things that made the legend of Zim Hude on Instagram is that at the proper time, I will disclose that. But that was early on. Everybody thought I was crazy. The more and more we lost, it only fueled my hunger. People like Ocho Cinco just made me like this fanatic, crazy fan 
that a lot of people I think in our age demographics that that's kind of like it just built it up even higher and I got tired of like going on Instagram which is my go-to and it just wouldn't be that much stuff there you know and I've just I, I felt like it was a wide open lane for like more positivity than anything or early on it wasn't really that positive um but that's how I started and then people just saw my passion and I think they just followed with it and a lot of people you know like Bengals fans are very active on the internet I'm gonna tell you another story too I was uh this kid hit me one time he said man I'm scared to go to a Steelers game this is another thing that got me a lot of followers he said I'm scared to go to a Steelers game I don't have anybody to go with so I said bro I'm gonna meet you there I broadcast it live from the 50 yard line I got a, a AJ Green jersey on I'm going crazy and everything everybody's filming and stuff and they're like man you're crazy I'm like well I'm gonna make sure this kid doesn't get beat up and that was like a real big story that everybody liked. So that was, I think I remember that. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty, what, what, when was that? A couple of years ago? Yeah. Like three years ago. So it was yeah, like, it wasn't that long. Yeah. We had already talked by then. So yeah, I do remember that. That's, uh, that was I, yeah. I, I think the one thing I, I would describe when, when you get brought up, I, it is passion, right? For the Bengals and you're, you're going to bring the takes, <laughs> you know, it, it, people call me hot take James. It's funny, but no one has better Bengals takes than Zim. I mean, the way, yeah, the way you, uh, the way you bring it. So, um, what are, are I don't know if he's being for real. (laughs) I am. The the way he brings it. For real. (laughs) And you might be wrong sometimes, you know, and I might disagree with you. Impossible. But I I love the passion always. It's always the same, whether we agree or disagree. And I love that. So let's dive into this team a little bit. Two games in, I think they should be one-on-one. I had them one-on-one. They're 0-2. People are still riding high on the Joe Burrow train. How do you feel about the Bengals right now? I feel pretty optimistic. I guess my my perspective on the whole thing is that throughout the course of the year, we're going to be looking at progress and looking at different factors. I don't define our success this season from a winning and loss perspective because the the margin between losing and winning in the NFL is just very, very small in itself anyway. But for me, as long as I'm saying progress every week, um, like we're saying with Joe Burrow and 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 then they can possibly keep him upright, that's a win. So it's hard for me to just say like, uh, you know, like ultimately, like how do you judge them? Like how do you, like are you going to be looking at their record at the end of the year to see if they had success? Like then we know, then we all know that this was going to be a grind this year. Sure, I think so. I and and I think that you're right. Like to me, it, it reminds me of the '04 team where. You just want to see development in Carson and you hope they set the table for the next season to hit the ground running. And we remember how fun 05 was. Well, it's because they took some of their lumps in 04 when they lost the teams they probably should have beat, but Carson just wasn't ready yet. But by the end of the year, you're like, oh, they're ready to go. And with this team, heck, Burrow still feels ready, right? It's almost what's around him not being ready. And that's kind of the, the big difference for me. And so, yeah, there, there are certain things that you want to see and you want to see growth and development. I also want to see Zach Taylor prove that he deserves to be here, right. And be the play caller and be the guy uh, for Burrow for the next couple of years. So there's a lot of things that in a lot of factors in it that I think contribute to winning. If the answer is he is that guy, right. If Taylor is that guy, but um, yeah, record isn't, you know, I could feel good about him. I think if they go five and 11, versus six and 10. Like, I don't think there's a a number unless it's two and 14 or something where I'm like, man, that was a nightmare. Hold on. You, you mentioned Zach really quick. I just want to get your guys out. uh, Your, your take on this. Maybe Jake, you, you could chime in too. Is Zach seat warm right now? 
in Cincinnati, I would venture to say that Zach Taylor is probably secure for at least this season and next season, unless this season is like historically bad, unless we're talking like they can't get the passing offense any more efficient, despite how good Joe Burrow's playing. They, they can't get more than five yards per attempt. The offense just continues to grind it out. Joe Burrow takes 20 hits a game. Right. Then I can see it as kind of a, hey, we, we got your guys in here. We got your buddies. We, we assembled the Zach Taylor and pals coaching staff for you. Right. And, and we got your free agents this year. We spent the money. And, and you went 2-14 and 14 again? And and so oh, in that yeah, no, scenario, no, no, no. you know that that's how I can see it happening. But two and fourteen, he's gone. I, I I would like to think so, but the there. So James, you talked about the two thousand four team, right? And and that team, unlike this team, had pretty clear foundation coaching wise. Had a lot more in the way of of general talent, I think. And. I think that there's this there's, there's this idea among Bengals fans right now that, that we can talk about. Maybe this is our next conversation piece that the Bengals are really talented. They just underperform or they're poorly coached or whatever. And for me, I'm starting to see that may, maybe they're actually not all that talented. And, and maybe in addition to that, they're also poorly coached. And, and so maybe not, right? It's been two games and I'm, I'm always hesitant to draw conclusions too quickly, but when you start to look at things like how the wide receivers got separation and they're averaging like one yard of separation while the Browns receivers in week two were getting like four yards of separation. I mean, you start to say, well, this is, this is a unit that we thought was going to be really good. And, and now they're, they're a quarter as good in terms of getting separation as the Browns receivers were in, in, in one week of action. So it starts to bring up the questions is all I'm saying. For, for me, I felt the same exact way from the defensive line like all these other years. I had these yeah. really, really high expectations coming into it. And then when they got out there to play, it's just like, ugh. I left that that game like we were just saying off the air. That was the first time where I felt like A.J. Green was immortal. Like he was not getting separation throughout the game. He had a, a whole bunch of targets and left the game with three receptions. And they were really, really, really tough receptions to get. And so then when we go pregame and we see Auden Tate's a healthy scratch, the guy who, quote unquote, doesn't get separation and only has an elite skill at high pointing of football, it all makes sense, I guess, because they're, they're just searching for people to get open. And, and as long as teams play the Browns like they did that two deep cover shell and they're ma- daring Joe Burrow to just go underneath and just dink and dunk your way or just methodically move down the field – it's even the focus on getting separation is going to be even more. And then you couple that with the fact that they're not playing with the lead in that game. So it's, it's, it's tough sledding. And that's the thing about winning and losing every single game that we lose, we're going to look at a hundred different small plays that, you know, all add up to being one reason on why we lost. And it's going to be like that all year. And, and until they get this cohesive form, I don't think you're going to walk away from any of these games thinking like, oh, well, this this uh, position group did everything that they had to do or whatever. I just don't see that happening like all year. I really don't. Let's keep this conversation rolling. We'll keep Zim for another segment here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. You hear me talk about Built Bar all the time, and I'm going to continue to talk about them because they're the best protein bars on the planet, and they have six new flavors. So whether it's 
caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, or one of the throwback flavors like orange, toffee, almond, coconut. They have something for you with their 18 flavors. And the thing that's best about Built Bars is they fit your macros. They taste great, but they fit your macros. How many things can do that? How many protein bars can brag about that? Well, Built Bar is probably the only one. They're protein-packed, low in sugar, and they taste great. And right now, you're going to save money. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Before we get back into the show, man, I just can't get over how good this Joe Burrow commemorative football looks. If you're a memorabilia sports fan, this has got to be one of the things that you're going to want to put in your collection. They all come with a certificate of authenticity. Like we mentioned earlier, they're embossed on three sides with some history about the Bengals, some of Joe Burrow's stats, a picture of him, and a high-def picture of Paul Brown Stadium. These are a limited edition, just $99. Call now at 1-800-345-2868. That's 1-800-345-2868. And tell them that Locked On Bengals sent you. You can also order online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And mention the Lockdown Bengals podcast sent you. Let's keep our conversation with Zim going here as we continue on Lockdown Bengals. And guys, we we're talking about some of the issues that this team has. I think it's one of two things. Either one, it's on coaching. Right. Because if, if you're coaching these guys up, they're not going to continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And that's the part of the development that you hope you see. And with no preseason and stuff like that, obviously, you're going to see some issues. But but here's the other thing. And I don't want to pound on the coaching staff. And I do want to respond to the A.J. Green slander that I've heard over the past you know, 72, 96 hours, because it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, maybe ever on Bengals Twitter. Um, but. <laughs> like Jim Turner. And Zach Taylor and all of these guys have backed this offensive line all damn offseason, all offseason. Every time they were pressed about it, every time they were asked about it, oh, we're, we're going to get it. We have the right guys. We invested in Jonah. We feel good about Michael Jordan. And by the way, I like those guys too. I like Trey Hopkins too. And Xavier Suofilo played well until he got injured week one. I thought he was okay at least. He was serviceable. But the right tackle is awful and awful in Bobby Hart. And Fred Johnson is your go-to at, at right guard, and he did not look ready. Like, I need to see this offensive line do more. I don't care. You, you, you guys picked this line. You had the, the money to invest elsewhere, if, you know, in, in other positions across this front, and you didn't. You, you invested in defense, which, by the way, got crushed the other day, and I know there were injuries and stuff like that. So that's what I need to see. This coaching staff stuck by this offensive line all offseason and defended it, and now it's getting its tail kicked in. Burrow's running forever. He's been pressured like 40 times, 42 times, I think, according to Pro Football Focus. That's that's an, that's insane uh, that, that this line has given up that many pressures, you know, over, what, 100-and-something dropbacks. So that that's uh, that's something when you, you talk about the coaching staff. I'm putting it right on them. Not Duke Tobin, no one. Because this, I think this coaching staff said, we got this. We like these guys. And uh, so far it's been a uh, a failure, at least on that right side. I think Zach Taylor's number one – feature that I could just feel just from not never being in a room with him is that he's 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 a very honest person and I feel as though his loyalty to those people are going to be his detriment because overall as a football coach 
he could he could get you to the playoffs, I'm sure. But the, with the coordinators that he's instilling all his trust into, it's going to – I've said that since day one. Those are going to be the very guys that bring him down if this thing just falls completely off the off the rails. All right, Zim, you mentioned it a second ago, and, and you were obviously able to, to track down AJ and talk with him on your podcast. Make sure you check that out, by the way. Full video on YouTube, right, Zim? Full video on New Stripe City. That's my partner um, Ace's uh, YouTube channel that we – used together but uh new stripe city on their aj green interview so check that out and little did i i never would have guessed three receptions 13 targets or 14 targets whatever it was uh so it was a struggle and there's been a lot of aj green slander over the past couple of days what are your thoughts on number 18 i think um it's just a just me talking to aj i guess like outside of you know, the interview that we did, if you guys are checking it out and you're looking for football and you got pig skin and skin on your actual arms and stuff and all you talk is football all day, like the interview might not be your favorite interview because we tried to talk to AJ about just general life stuff and picking up kids. And I thought it ended up really, really cool. But outside of it, we actually did talk to him about a little bit about cohesion and different things like that. And he just really alluded to like the fact that they – he just didn't have that much time and he was pretty like I could tell he was a little bummed out for being out like those two weeks and he was just like a lot of those reps and stuff like you know he just didn't get in and that was his main reason for like not getting where he needed to be with Burrow especially in game two game one I think he felt really strong about like some of the stuff he saw but like I said earlier in here um, the way that they were covering it shading the safety over his side other guys got to get open too to open up for AJ. The running game's got to get going to open it up for everybody. So, for anyone counting AJ Green out, stop it. In the words of of James, hot take James, stop it. Like that's not happening. Like he's not he's not a regular guy. The only regular thing I saw this past week is the fact that when Denzel Ward grabbed his hand in the end zone, that's a pass that he normally catches. I was a little worried. That's why I asked him about it, you know, like, it just say, like, how do you feel, you know? And he seemed to feel really, really good about his, his general health. And he just put it all on time. And then for me, I just think now that we're at that crossroads, when a wide receiver gets to that age, some things are going to change. And you probably are going to see A.J. Green more in the slot. But anyone thinking that A.J. Green is done, like in this league with his it, with the attributes that he still has in place and just a potential Hall of Fame pedigree and still like I, I don't have to give you the whole rundown. The guy's lit. He's the GOAT. <laughs> don't 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 play with him like that. Like if you're a if you're a Bengals fan and you woke up today and said trade AJ Green, trade yourself. How about that? Uh, How about you know that, what? Jake? I mean, I think you make one really interesting point there, which is Willie Anderson talking about this on Twitter. You guys see Willie said, if the guys on the team, they're seeing this stuff and and the coaches aren't going to see it. If you're saying trade Bobby Hart, cut Bobby Hart, whatever Bobby Hart, trade AJ Green, you know who's seeing that? Probably not AJ Green. Well, actually, you know what? He did say he he looks, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, th- these guys see this stuff. And and that's one of the reasons that, like, I, I don't know, a, a lot of you follow me on Twitter. I, I asked the other day, is it fair to just have an insta-block policy if somebody tags a player in your tweet about that player? <laughs> and and I think I'm going to adopt that policy because, like, as, as in my position, I'm looking at film, I'm looking at a lot of football, and I'm saying this is what happened, right? Or, you know, Bobby Hart and Fred Johnson couldn't handle stunts. 
They, they couldn't handle stunts on Thursday. It's a big reason that the Bengals have problems in the running game and in pass protection. Bobby Hart himself, actually, outside of a few plays, was was okay on, on Thursday night. And it was the guards that were awful, mm-hmm. absolutely awful on both sides in pass protection, including Mike Jordan, who had a really good week one, by the way. So I'm going to say it both ways, right? But you don't have to go at the players. And, and so to A.J. Green, where we started this conversation, it's okay if he has a little bit of age-related deterioration. You, you And it's okay to be concerned if you see 13 targets, three catches, the way that happened. But it's also obvious, the way you're talking about Zim, that they're not on the same page. You look at the, the back shoulder throw, the burrow throws on deep left sideline. AJ's not really looking for where that ball ends up. And it's not a great throw from Burrow, even if it is a back shoulder throw, which I think it was. But the fact that AJ doesn't start fighting back to it until he's already passed it, essentially, kind of tells you something about where they are in terms of chemistry right now and speaks to that idea that, hey, it's going to take time. Hey, AJ's 32. He just had four days off this week. He hasn't had training camp with Joe Burrow. If this is still a problem against the Eagles and, and against the Jaguars, then I think we're still talking about it in, in much the same way that this is a narrative emerging today. I right. would be shocked if it continues. Uh, I, I think it, the reality is, and, and I don't think this is me stretching, A.J. Green could very easily have three touchdowns right now in two games. Right. Right. He, he had the touchdown, the offensive pass interference. Burrow missed him wide open for a, a game change in the third quarter week one. And then if Denzel Ward didn't hold his whole arm back, uh, which should have been interference, by the way, right. but it makes up for the, the lack of a call on Odell when he burned William Jackson. Then we're talking about three touchdowns for AJ, and we're probably not having the same conversation. But yeah, there's certainly a tick off. And did he get the separation or appear to get the separation that we're used to seeing? No, he didn't. But maybe Denzel Ward's really good. Maybe that, you know, the double coverage that they were rolling over makes a lot of sense because honestly, if I look at the Bengals right now, I don't want 18 or 28 to stop me. I'm okay with the dump offs to the tight ends, especially with the lead. I'm, I'm okay with. You know, Tyler Boyd getting some stuff underneath and and the Bengals going on 15 play drives to score when they can't stop my offense that's running the ball. And I think that's kind of what Cleveland did. Hey, we're going to make sure that Green doesn't beat us and that's it. So these people burying him, stop it. Don't do it. I literally, guys, this week I saw people saying that Auden Tate should be active over Green and that Green is, is done. He's washed up. It's over. Just remember you said all that. Just just remember you said all that in a couple of weeks when he's uh, he's putting up big numbers. They won't. Can I, can they I, won't. Can I, can I jump <laughs> in with, with one point here? Uh, a lot of what might be happening, this is something that we'll have to monitor. What might be happening with these wide receivers not getting any separation might be a product of the plays they're calling, the, the route combinations they're running. Right. Because sure. the, you, you saw this from Cleveland. They're sitting on everything short. They're sitting on it because they know that ball is coming out fast. And so that's something that we'll have, we'll have to pay attention to that. There are a few shot plays mixing in where they're going max protection and then they're ending up with, you know, two guys in routes against seven guys in zone. Right. And that's something in camp that we didn't see either. We didn't see many deep balls in camp at all. Very rarely, very little limited go routes. And obviously green didn't participate, but any of these guys, when Ross was out there, I don't remember him running a deep route with burrow. Uh, I don't remember Boyd, Mike Thomas on tape, not deep. 
you know, maybe 20, 25 yards, but it was all intermediate stuff. Not, not you know, 40, 50, 60 yards downfield. Very few of those were uh, shots were taken. And, and you wonder if they're just not ready for it or if they're just not going to do it because of the offensive line and the, the I, awful I, play up front. I think uh, if you look at week one, right, uh, a lot of people, I, I do like a live, I do like a live stream during the game. A lot of people's like, why don't he air it out, air it? I'm like, hey, relax, relax. It's Joe Burrow's first game. He's a rookie. You know, like you want to gradually like work him in. By the time we get to to week two, I even caught myself saying, yeah, he's got to like, you know, take the training wheels off and get up. But I think it's just like this gradual thing that has to happen. I don't want them. I don't want them. Already he's getting knocked down, what, 10, 12 times a game right now, right? I don't want them searching for, like, some deep, you know, just to show people that they can – to make defenses be honest and stuff like that. It has to be, like, a gradual progression. And the only way to get the play call in that I think that that, that we all want is just to have the running game actually have success. Mm-hmm. And it has to happen, like, early in a game. And, and this is one of the things that I saw them uh, – they did make a mistake in the first game and they came back the second game is they have to throw on first down. And the reason why I says that, because there's so many different situations where they would try to force feed mixing the ball on, on first down eight, nine in the box, you get yourself into these long third down positions. I think one of the changes, like even on the, the drive where Burroughs calling for the timeout, it was a third down at eight. He's calling for a timeout. Then the ball goes over his head, the rhythm, the flow of that drive, everything was cool. But after that, you get the ball back to Cleveland. They score immediately. Now you're down like 14 to three or something like that. It just changes every single thing that they wanted to do, everything that you thought you could do, and everything that we're talking about throwing it deep down. But like they're sitting on all of that stuff. Like they got to play with a lead. They got to be mindful that he is a rookie and not put him in harm's way because, like you said, people writing stuff on the internet. This is his first go around at this thing. As confident as he could be. You don't want them going out there trying to sling, sling the what we call slinging pill out there to to the middle of the field and just trying to throw it 20, 30 yards all game and then walking away from the game. Now with the national media narrative saying, oh, he just doesn't have it. He's throwing two picks a game. Yeah, he threw for two something, but he's he's got two picks. And then I just think that stuff is going to start wearing on him. Like it's not going to be up to him to like take us to the promised land this year. And it's not going to be up to him to win these games for us. It's going to be up to him to move the ball on third down, make sure he moved a change, something that number 14 never did uh, when it got in the crucial spots in the, in the season. And it's going to be up to Mixon and these guys to actually do what we thought they could do and let that be the focus. I think we're so caught up in this Burrow mania as a fan already that it's just natural that we're looking at the passing game all day, every day, especially with the wide receivers on paper looking amazing. But they have to take control of the game, win up front. All that that BS that people tell me all day, like, it actually makes sense right now. Like, you got to win up front. You got to control this game. And you can't make stupid mistakes early on. And then later on, look at Joe Burrow like, oh, well, I think he should be throwing down. I think like, nah, like it's not on him. And and that's where it does fall on coaching. I would say one thing is that they have taken some deep shots and they've only hit one of them. And and so that that makes it worse. Right. And and if they had some success there, this narrative maybe goes away a little bit. The other thing is some of the running calls that we don't like or we haven't liked the second and long runs, for example, or, or in one case, a third down run. Some of those are Joe Burrow checking into plays too. So he has a he has a little bit of learning to do as far as checking into runs at times. He he made three bad reads on read options. 
Thank you. And uh, where he should have bounced to the outside, right, and handed it off. It was. Uh, it was. I recall three read options. There's one he kept in the red zone, and two he gave to Mixon. The and one think, he kept, he shouldn't have. But there you know, were other two that he was he was going out. He was going out he wide. He should have kept. He should have kept. kept the other and Mixon two. goes right into like yeah. Yeah. So so you know I mean he's a rookie quarterback, guys. He he's gonna have he's gonna have to learn things. The good news is. He, he is making excellent decisions in the passing game. I think he's taking what the defense is giving him. He has been a bright spot. So everyone who's out there is like, give, give me give me a bright spot. I thought they were going to win games this year. It's one, you're delusional. It's, it was never about this year. Two, you have the quarterback. So that's the good news. Zim, it has been an absolute pleasure. We will do this again sometime. We're out of time, unfortunately. Really appreciate your insight. You sharing your thoughts with us. What, what's your parting shot? For, for Bengals fans listening on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, Monday morning. Go watch some football games outside of Bengals, period. Just just watch other football games. Jake, I want you to watch some football with me today. You going to watch, some, watch football? some football? Let's watch some football. No, you're you're watching hockey and stuff, aren't you? I watch hockey. You don't watch hockey? You're in Toronto, yeah. though. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm on Vancouver Island, uh, the west side of Canada. Okay. But uh, you know what? That's all right. I'll, I'll take that. You got the Nintendo I, 64 right there. You want to go sure around on there? You, you want to do what? something there, Hot Shot? Throw down on some cart? Let's go. That is not Mario Kart right there. That's Mario Kart. Oh. Zim, Guys, Zim I'm is, headed. I'm headed there. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> Zim has hey. left the podcast. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day? And have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.